Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Joy Cho. So a little Q&A to finish the convo. Um, where was your start in social media? Was it blogging or was it yeah. before that? 2005, blogging. Early, I mean, really, mine was... Uh, prior to social media, blog, my blog was my social media. It started 2005. I was looking for a new job. I started it on the side. I just gotten engaged. So it was basically an online journal. And it became the impetus for me to start my own design company but rather than taking a job with another company because I was getting clients, three freelance clients through people who read my blog. So, you know, to, get, to do a shortened version of the whole history of it, that really started what Ojoy was, which was a design company, um, first and foremost, and secondarily, a blog. But as people started reading it more and more, and as there became more social media, then I was able to focus Ojoy on really our own work and not necessarily signing for other clients anymore, right around the time that my first daughter was born. Um, so I remember when the blog was king, there was a time, I mean, I wrote a book about it. It's called Blog Inc. And it's still really very relevant in terms of how to start a blog and all the focuses and everything. But when I wrote that book, there was no Pinterest. There was no Instagram um, it was really when you were talking about the blog as a way to share content. So crazy. Which seems so crazy, you yeah. know, cause I'm sure in 10 years from now we'll be talking about something else. Yeah. And a word that we don't even know right now. Yeah. Which is crazy too. Totally. But yeah, 2005, um, that was like, Facebook was barely becoming public for non-college students at yes. that point. Yes. And there was no Instagram. There was so, no Instagram. Wow. So that Twitter really... started right around then or soon after then, I mm -hmm. remember, or maybe when I started using it, which wasn't, which was later, but. Yeah, that's that's going way back in the social media days. Like, I remember when I met friends through Twitter. Whoa. I, well, there were days when I met friends through Craigslist. <laughs> I mean, that's really taking it back. When I met a friend through Craigslist, they'd be like, how'd you guys meet? And we're like, Craigslist? And they'd be like, is that safe to meet people off Craigslist? I was like, yeah, why not? Anyone that you're still friends with? I used to Craigslist um, to find tennis partners because I play tennis. Oh. And so I would post looking for a tennis partner. And then everybody would be like, is that safe? Like, couldn't you get some weirdo replying to you and meeting up with? And, you know, it worked out for the most part. I found a bunch of people to play tennis with. That's so interesting. You're like nervous about going to events where you have to meet people you don't know, but you'll Craigslist to meet a tennis partner. I know. It sounds crazy. I mean, I don't think I would do it on Craigslist now because uh -huh. Craigslist is like way bigger than it used to be. But I used, oh my gosh, back when I lived in New York, I used Craigslist to help someone build me a custom cabinet in my studio apartment. And some, my coworker was like, oh my God, don't you think you could be murdered? <laughs> How could you do that? I was like, hey, he just showed me his portfolio. And then, yeah, we like worked it out. And then he built me these cool custom cabinets in my studio apartment in Brooklyn. Did you ever get nervous when you were meeting people from the internet? I guess I didn't, but I think I was just so young and I had no idea. Like I didn't think anything, I didn't think anything bad could come from it because I used Craigslist for so many things back then. It was really just like, that was probably the first social media for me in a way wow. before my blog because I was living in New York in like the early 2000s. But 
Yeah, you just reminded me of my early Craigslist days. I'm amazed. Yeah. That's like the best story I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Craigslisting for tennis partners. Yeah. <laughs> so how much of your life is online and offline now? And do you like the ratio? Um, I don't know that I could give you an exact percentage, but I will say that it's definitely a very small part of my life, like my personal life. Like I share my work life and – but in terms of my personal life, it's a it's a fraction. I would maybe say of the social media that you see, I probably keep about 10%. About 10% of it might be personal, like kids, family, things like that. And I definitely try to space it out, like no more than one every 10 Instagram posts, for example. Um, sometimes it's not exactly a science like that. But um, back in 2005 when I started my blog and before I had my first – daughter when ruby came along in 2011 i mean it was still like my online journal where i would share monthly photos and i would share all these things as if i was talking to like my closest friends and <clears throat> since i've had my second um and my girls are now six and three i've just been much more aware of having them on the site less like i don't have them in sponsored content um, unless it involves the entire family. Like I don't want my kids to be in a photo just to be in it because I'm getting paid for it. Um, we'll get asked all the time to do for kid content or like something relating to a kid type of product. Oh, and can your kids be in it? And we just say no. We're like, no. And most of the time people still want to do it. And we figure out a cute way to show a kid type product or a food or whatever it is without kids in it. Mm. Um, because – it's not, you know, it just, it's gotten more, I'm just more aware of it. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that people can, people, just everybody needs to choose their own way of incorporating their family into their social media. And for me, it's been a, it's purposely been about having my kids less and less in it. They're still on my Instagram, um, especially on the weekends. It's, it's not like every day or anything. Um, but also my business is not based on the kids. You know, there are businesses and sites that is all about a family. And that makes sense. You know, it makes sense that you see them more often. But my my business is not based on my family. It's just a part of me that I share when it makes sense. So I'm very thoughtful about it now. I mean, not I'm not saying I wasn't before, but I'm extra. Mm. Because it's also kind of weird, you know, like I don't really know how I feel about it. And I think there's no rules. Like people don't know the effects of what it's like to have to just share anything on the internet they don't know what that is and i'm not one of those people who's super paranoid where i'm like oh my god you you know i'll never show anything um i don't feel that way certainly but i also know that i'm the conversation in my head and the conversation i have with my husband about what what i'm choosing to share as part of my social media presence will constantly change and evolve and it just will naturally turn into whatever it turns into. Mm. Mm. And I think intentionality is, is a really interesting point that you make because even, um, even since the first episode that we did, which was with Justina, um, and she talked about how she doesn't have, um, her daughter in her sponsored posts. And, um, we got feedback from a couple companies actually that said they hadn't even considered that of, of the idea of like, oh, not using kids in sponsored content and that they'd changed 
their company policies because that hadn't even sort of come into their awareness. And so, um, like you said about just growing intentionality, sometimes it's not even about meaning to like, oh, I meant to, you know, put my daughters on social media without asking them because they're little and they don't know what they're going to like yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more about just like, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to think through it and, and be aware that they might not like that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I was on a panel, um, I think it was last year and it was something relating to motherhood and social media. So everybody was a mom of kids of different ages. And there was a mom on there who has older kids, like eight, 10, et cetera. And when the question came up about how do you choose what to put of your children or your personal life on social media, she was like, I just ask them. And it was the first time that I was like, that anyone ever said that because most of the people that I know don't have kids that are that age yet or that I don't personally know them. So for her to say that meant so much to me because now I I do that. Now, granted, you can't ask a baby right, if they want to be on social media. But with my oldest, especially with stories, and she is on my stories on the weekends usually. Um, on Like just stuff we're doing. It's like very ordinary stuff. But – if I want to record something, she knows it, and I make sure she's okay with it, you know? And granted, she's still only six, so it's not like she – even if she says yes, it's not like that That permission is like she knows anything really about it. She's just feeling – it's just the fact that she's comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Or if we're if I want to record something and she's like, she doesn't want me to, or she doesn't feel like taking a picture, fine. Like I don't – I just don't want to be the parent that's like forcing my kid to take a picture mm. for any thing that is like – part of my job yeah you know I just don't I mean I need I want my kids to be happy I don't want them to feel like I'm forcing them and it's not it's not worth it's not worth that you know well and even 20 years from now if she isn't thinking specifically I remember the day that I you know said it was okay or not okay for my for my mom to post this it even is creating the standard of permission just as a practice. Yes. Which is so important in life, I think, whether it's a, as adults, as friends. I mean, even with Jaden, we have a rule where he'll be like, please ask me before you start taking a, like a video or a photo. Like, I don't want to just show up in one of your Instagram stories. Like, I want to know. And I'm yeah. like, totally. That is awesome. And even just in, in the world of friendships, like, it's good to ask permission. Mm-hmm. It's really good to be like, are you okay with this? Are you comfortable with this? Is this okay? So they're going to be learning that as a as just a way of life from you. Not that, you know, anyone's overthinking it, but just seeing that as a really good behavioral thing that they can learn from. I agree. And the thing with kids too, um, and in general, I really like the fact of what you're saying about even with friends, like asking permission before you post a photo of yourselves together to make sure that they feel okay with it. Like I would do the same thing, especially with kids and friend kids of friends. Um, I rarely post anyone else's children on my Instagram, but even my close friends who have multiple times said yes in the past, because if they're in a photo with one of my kids or there's something, I will always ask them. They're like, you know, you don't have to ask. It's okay. I'm like, I know, but I just want to ask. And even with our social media, like we have baby clothing and we have another account um, for our product line and we regram, like that's the account where we'll regram people wearing our stuff or using our things. Everything with the baby, we ask 
we ask ahead of time where we're regramming. Because even though I think most people are okay with it and most people love it when you regram their things, anything having to do with the kids, you have to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's just common courtesy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What do you tell your daughters about social media? Um, well, Coco has no idea. She's the, she's a three-year-old. She is no, yeah, she's too little to understand anything about social media. Ruby, who's six, is starting to understand a little bit more about how it's part of mommy's job. So she doesn't know the term social media, but she knows that what Instagram is in terms of like she sees the pictures and she knows that there's like a video thing that we're doing and she'll like to watch mine even when she has nothing to do with it. It's just my work day. Sometimes she'll watch it to see what I was doing at work. So, I mean, I basically just say that part of mommy's job is to make cool things and create projects that make people happy and it's pretty similar to what I tell people about oh joy in general and the goal is essentially to make people happy or if we have like a new product out we take a picture of it and then we put it on Instagram so that people will see it and then maybe they'll want to buy it and then that way you know they can have that in their house too so it's pretty similar to what I say to adults I just like simplified a little bit but I think that's really it. I mean, it's really just like pictures of things that make us happy. Yeah, (laughs) that's cute. Does she ask questions about your phone or does she want to borrow your phone? No, I mean, there's like games and stuff on my phone that if we ever have to like, we need them, you know, whatever. We're waiting at the dentist or something for a super long time, something like that. But my kids aren't on my phone. Um, we really try not to have them be on that and think that that's the thing that they can have one day. We just, Bob and I discussed the other day how old they should be to before they get phones. And he was like, sixth grade? I was like, eighth grade? Like, I don't know. I mean, I've, I was reading this article recently that everybody's pushing for wait till eighth grade. So is that, and how old are you in eighth grade? I've totally forgot. You're is like that- 14, 13, 14. I mean, that still seems. That seems fine, right? I think it's fine because I mean, they're the kids. The kids these days who are on Instagram. I think you have to be thirteen or older to actually technically get on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. like by the age thing that it allows, but people can obviously put the wrong date on there. But I think that like around eleven or so, they're starting to have their own profiles and posting and things. I don't know. It's so hard. I don't have a teenage. I don't have a preteen yet. I'm so far from that, so I can't even. I can't even think about it. Nor do I want to, no. especially with girls. I'm just like, ah, no, I don't. Scary. Just, yeah, I'm just not going to let you out of the house ever. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, I think I got, um, I got like a phone that was like a Nokia. Yes, with like, like a flip. The, it wasn't even a oh, flip. Bar. It was, it was like, like the, the bar. bar with the little tiny yes, antenna. Yes. I had that one too. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I got that one when I got my driver's license. And it was like emergencies only. Like I had like 30 minutes a month on it or something stupid like that where it Wait, was Wait, when like, did you get your driver's license? Um, I mean, were you of six, were you 16 or you yeah. got it later? Okay. So you're younger than me because I didn't get, I didn't get a phone till college. Oh yeah. I think I was, I was, it would have been, I can't do math, but, um, it was around, uh, nope, I can't do math. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I first got a phone in '97. That was my what's when I started college in '97. That was before me. That would, you would have okay. had a phone okay. in the years before it. Like okay. as in that mine would have been like 2001, two thousand one, two. Okay. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, 
if I did the actual math, it would be around there. Yeah, it was probably right around there. But it's crazy. It's crazy. And one of my favorite things, um, I met Jaden in 2003. And my favorite thing is like our first photo together, his little Nokia is sitting on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever, whenever people see the photo, that's the first thing they see. Like they don't even make a comment about our faces. And you guys, how young you guys yeah, are. Yeah, they're not like, oh my gosh, you guys are. No, it's, oh, look at his phone. <laughs> So it's like, and that's actually one thing as a photographer, I always include people on their phones just because I feel like it's such a fascinating like dating system. Like you can totally look at a photo from like five years ago and see like an iPhone 4 and just be like, whoa, look at that old phone. So funny. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I kind of, I kind of love it and hate it all at the same time. (laughs) So. I'm collabing with Cat Footwear for my first year of podcasting. Cool. And the reason I love them so much is because they are all about trust when it comes to creativity. And um, so I know that you work with a lot of employees. And so how does trust work with you and with them? And how do you trust them when it comes to creativity to kind of like do whatever your vision is and not have to kind of you know, micromanage them and follow them around to make sure they're doing exactly what you want? That's a great question. Um, So I have a team of six now. I just, a sixth person just started today. Um, And that's small. Six people is small in the, in the grand scheme of companies. But for me, it's a, it's been a really great size because it's small enough that I know everybody and I can interact with everybody on a daily basis. Um, but it's big enough that it's not just me anymore because I can't do all the things that I need to do anymore without without them. So for me, I think it's about communication. I mean, it's just like what they say in relationships, right? Like communication is so important and keeping in communication on both good and bad and everything. So we have weekly staff meetings, which gets everybody up to date on what is happening, whether you're involved with that project or not. But for me, I think it's also just about letting people do their thing. Like granted, it takes time when you start at my company to immerse yourself in the Ojoy style and aesthetic and to know that I'm going to like what you're going to bring me. But I make sure, especially early on, for people to check in with me often, make sure to show me something or don't be afraid to show me something if you're partway through. You don't need to get to the end and then wait because it, you might have you know, spent too much time on something that isn't going in the right direction. So it's a lot of that communication. I'm also, I try to be very available and granted it's it's hard when I have meetings and calls and things like that. But when I'm not in those things, I'm always checking in with people just to make sure that if they need me, if they need me to look at something, they need me to review something. Um, I also feel like, so I don't, I don't know that I have the exact answer in terms of there's a, like an exact formula other than communication and making sure that you're available for people. Because I've had past jobs where one of the hardest things about my job is if your boss is not available to give you approval on things because then you can't submit whatever artwork is due. You can't get to the next level. You can't do whatever the next step is until that person has given you the okay. Um, And it's gotten to a point now I have some, some of the girls on my team have been there since I started hiring people. So four and a half 
plus years and they are given, they are now have a certain level of autonomy that they can go from start to finish on some things. And I might not have had to see it all along the way. And that's great. That's a great feeling. And you know that it takes time, but it's also great for me to know that I can just trust that that thing will get done and that it'll look great and it'll fit in with the brand and that everybody will be happy with it. So so communication, communication. And, and expectations from the beginning, kind of like setting up the standard that it's okay to check in with you. Exactly. And making both on a level of like, I think that when somebody is newer, I am a little bit more um, about checking in with them. Mm. But I also don't check in so much that they don't have the space to do what they need to do. Mm. Because I know what it's like to have somebody like breathing over your shoulder while you're in the middle of designing something. And you're like, I'm not done yet. Because mm. you know sometimes things look worse before they get better. Oh, for sure. When, especially when you're making something and you don't you don't want people to see that point where it like looks worse because it hasn't gotten to the better part yet. And so I know like there's a sp- special point in the middle of any kind of project where you just don't want to interrupt that flow. And so um, I, I pretty much like mostly let them come to me, but I make sure that they know that I'm available when I, when I am available. That's awesome. Do you give, are you good at giving feedback? Like if something isn't going super well, yes. are you like, okay, here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing with me, um, is that I'm pretty quick with making decisions, especially when it comes to visual decisions. I'm a good editor of things. And so I edit photos fast. I see if a project a craft project is working or it's not, or if I'm looking at something that's been styled, what's working or what's not working or how do we fix it? So I think that helps too, because I'm not, I don't dilly dally much when it comes to that stuff. And I think that that could be hard for employees to respond to if I'm not coming back with concise feedback. Hmm. Um, It's one thing to not always, I don't always know the answer, but at the same time, I try to make sure that I'm giving them clear feedback because- that's helpful too, as having been an employee to people. If if the person that you're talking to and need trying to show something for approval doesn't know what to tell you what to do, then you're like, okay, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, then, no one knows. No, no one, then no knows. one knows. Like, who's driving the train? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. Um, so, what do you do when you need to just unwind? What do you do to self care? Oh man, I really need to do a better job at that. That's, I think that's on my list for 2018 is self care. Um, <laughs> that is a, that's like the best <laughs> quote of my life. <laughs> Especially that you said, I think, I think that's on I my mean, list. I <laughs> mean, I, okay, I'll tell you what I actually do, and then there are things that I should be doing. Okay. The things I should be doing, I should be working out more. I should be, st- I should stop working past a certain time. I mean, I work every night after my kids go to bed until bedtime. Um, and I should give myself more time to hang out with friends and that kind of thing. The What I am doing is I do get massages like once a month. We have someone who comes to our house and that's a complete luxury. I am fully aware of that. But I met her when I was pregnant with my second baby and it started as prenatal massages. And then after I had the baby, I was like, hey, can you still do this afterwards? And she's amazing. And so around once a month, we will have, um, she'll come and we'll do, 
you know, a massage. And so that's like probably my biggest treat to myself. Mm. Um, other than that, on like a more daily basis, it's probably just TV. I mean, honestly, like my brain is so fried and I would love to say I read books, but I don't as much as I used to because I just basically need to turn my brain off at the end of the day. To me, it feels like quiet, peace and quiet. My kids are in bed. I've hopefully gotten my work done for the day or as much as I can do for the day. And I'll just turn on the TV and like watch something. Mm. But um, What's your fave? Oh, man. I feel like what I'm going to say is so typical. It's like. Oh, who cares? It's so typical. I mean, I was just catching up on This Is Us last night. Never seen it. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> no. I know. I was late. I was a late starter to it. I just watched the first season of Stranger Things. Oh, yes. I also just watched OJ Made in America. Have you seen I, that? I know. I <gasps> did not, but I heard that's so good. It's so good. So good. The problem with me is if I am more than one season behind, it's very hard for me to watch enough because I don't watch TV every single night, nor do I get to watch enough hours to catch up on something like that. So I have to kind of watch it. The latest I can do is like one whole season of catch up. Well, and I feel like maybe this is me projecting, but as like a content creator, I'm constantly like creating so much that I don't actually have time to consume what other people have created. Yes. No, it's true. So sometimes I'm just like, I feel so bad because even when I want to watch something with Jaden, half the time I just crash and fall asleep because I've used up all my brain power. I've used up all my energy and when I try to put something in my brain, it's just like done, over, yeah. gone. So totally. It takes me forever to get through things, <laughs> which is very sad. But wow. Is this you know. is us good? It's really good. It's worth it? I mean, it just depends. It's very sentimental and it makes you cry. And But what I like about it is like it does this – it does this toggle back and forth between different times of a family's life every episode that's I think the biggest thing that I wasn't expecting but is a major part of it um and so when you're seeing them in the present day you're also flashing back to like what made them like that Mm. from their past Mm. so in some ways it's like what therapy make what therapists make you do where they make you like go back Mm -hmm. to your childhood Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh this is why I am like it kind of does that in tv and it's just all good everybody's really good in it and I love it I used to, I remember I used to see Mandy Moore at Proof Bakery all the time. I know. Right here when she used to live in Outwater. And I'm like, oh, Mandy Moore, you're so good in this show. I still saw her there the other day. And I was like, oh, Mandy you at know. Proof. Just I know. doing a thing. Oh, you saw her Proof? Yeah, just oh, the other man. day. Why I else know. am I there? I don't know. It's okay. No. But she doesn't live that far. It's like she has to go to Proof sometimes. Yeah, yeah. She probably still goes there. I haven't seen it, but I used to, gosh, oh my gosh, my brother's favorite movie was Walk to Remember. Oh, yeah. And so I grew up just hearing, well, grew up, my my last years at home, She, my brother was just listening to her sing all the time. So I always, whenever I see her, I always just hear her just being like, I want to be with you. Oh my gosh, it's like my favorite <laughs> song ever. And Candy, it's my favorite. So good. All right, last question. Um, what, speaking of all these weird people that you watch in This Is Us that have different stories and lives, what's something that you have in common with people even when they're really different to you? Huh, that's a really good question. 
Something I have in common with people even when they're really different with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it that, that we're all just trying to – we're all just trying to make it, right? Like what does that mean, making it? Does that mean success in terms of job or money or marriage or family? Or is it just like getting through the day – And I think the biggest thing for me when I meet people in real life and we talk about both ups and downs, it's like we're all, we're all doing the same thing essentially. Like, yes, we have different jobs, we have different lives, we have different circumstances, but we're all just trying to make it and we're all just trying to find some sort of like joy in our life that makes it like worth living. And then mm-hmm. I don't say that in a, like in a negative way, like what's there worth living, but like, no, really like mm. why, why be here if we're not doing something that makes our life worth living and makes us happy in whatever form that is. So I feel like that's, that's what we all have in common. Like why are we, what the reason that we're all here? Mm-hmm. It's joy. <laughs> Pure and simple. Man. And that's also my name. <laughs> that's a nice circle. <laughs> well done. That's amazing. I love that. I agree. I buy it. Did you do you ask that to everybody? Yeah. Oh, you do? What does everybody else say? It's been so interesting. Like no one says the same thing. No one has said what I just said? No. Oh, I feel like what I just said was so like typical. No. Huh. Some people say I mean, it's been, it's so interesting, actually. I want, I almost want to like keep Montage track of what, together. yeah, I want to keep track of like what everyone says is there is like what they have in common because if what all of you say is different, then maybe we actually have a lot in common with each other. What's some, what's something that someone else said recently? Like someone said, um, that that like nature is important to us, like being a part of like mother earth and huh. nature. Um, someone said that we all just need love. Like we're mm-hmm. here just looking for love. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said that we're all connected like energetically, hmm. like that whether or not we look at each other and see similarities that we are made up of the same energy and that we're connected. Yeah. It's been so I, I literally am like, okay, this is going to be like a side project. Yeah. <laughs> because especially right now when everyone's just so focused on how different we are, I think it's a really interesting thing to just think about, okay, but where, where are we the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I actually think that, no, it's so, it's so perfect for right now. It really is. As I'm looking at your peace sign thing over there. My nudies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was so funny that, um, that got framed by by simply framed and for some reason they sent it to what was listed as my billing address on my account because like they you know they did it as like a sponsored thing and um and they sent it to my mom's house and so my mom goes did you just send me a photo of naked women (laughs) i was like no that's so funny. So amazing. She was like, I just opened a framed picture of naked people. And I was like, no, mom, that's for me. You're like, Merry Christmas, mom. 
<laughs> it was so funny. I was like, I don't know why you got that. But, That's so funny. Uh, she's like, is there a story behind it? She was. I was laughing so hard. Is that your photo? No, it's um, it's a girl in San Diego. She did it right. She did it like a year ago, right after um, Trump won, and all the the um, proceeds went to the ACLU. So got it. I I bought it. Yeah, I love it. I love I it. I got those those butts. I know. I love the butts. And it's like I was like, should I put naked people next to the dining room table? But it's so far away. It's, it's yeah. not like it's all up in there. Right, right. You know? It's not like you lose your appetite no. or just can't focus on your food. No, plus it's just, yeah, it's all from the back too. Yeah. I just like seeing all like, I don't know. I, I, love, like I love butts. I love butts. Yeah. <laughs> they're funny. Rare. I don't understand like the sexiness of them. I think they're more funny than sexy. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what which ones you're looking at. But because, yeah, these butts are just hilarious. <laughs> they are. Well, this has been amazing. Uh, thanks so much for thank letting you me, letting me ask you weird questions. I love weird questions. You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast, and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?